When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the panel today. David Lane from Ords. David, morning to you. Happy Monday. David Novak from Wealthwise Education. Happy Monday to you. Uh, old, old codgers like me remember the Three Stooges. Well, you've got the Three Davids today. So, uh, um, but uh, won't be any jokes or not too many as we uh, take a look at uh, all of the stocks that uh, you've sent through in the first half hour. Um, we're going to be uh, looking at Alcidian, Helia, Amcor, Cobram Estate Olives, and also Trajan, but um, there they are there. But uh, thought stock of the day, we'd have a look at Adore Beauty, which has released its trading update. The company achieved quarterly revenue, 47.5 million, up 4.7% on the corresponding period previously, uh, as its active customer base number went up. It's on track to achieve EBITDA margin of two to 4% next financial year. Adore Beauty. Um, launched, listed basically during the pandemic to great fanfare. Uh, David Lane, what did you think of the the update today and Adore Beauty as a stock? Yeah, not a bad update. It was, uh, I guess, positive to see an improvement in their their EBITDA. Uh, I guess the concern that we have with not only Adore, but, but many of the other companies in the discretionary retail area is that uh, it is discretionary and that we are in a period where we've got high interest rates, high inflation. And it's one of those areas where people have the ability to decide whether or not they're going to uh, to spend money on it. So that's probably our concern that we have. It's not actually a stock that, that Ords covers, so we don't have an official research coverage on it. But uh, as far as the, the overall consumer discretionary stocks are concerned, we are fairly cautious on them. Um, Adore, as you said, came onto the market with a lot of fanfare. They've come back, come down a fair bit since then, um, but it is still unprofitable. So it's probably one that we'd be steering clear of at this point in time. Okay. Um, David Novak, look at that, 670 (laughs) down to 93 cents. Um, I suppose you could make an argument, uh, Adore Beauty is in... Um, uh, what was it, the old lipstick index that uh, they used to talk about that uh, when times are tough economically, people need sort of little rewards that are affordable, like, like lipsticks. Yeah. Um, is Adore sort of the LaVisa of makeup, like LaVisa is of, of well, jewellery? Or is, can, could you use that as an argument or not? Well, I, from what I could see, just reading um, the update here, is, is they've got a very strong loyalty 
yep. following. Um, they've they've launched a newly um, a new campaign, a loyalty campaign and, and subscription service, which has brought back nearly half a million subscribers to their and their and their new app as well. So mm. about twenty six and a half percent of their sales. So so it's more like um, you know a, a, a almost well I wouldn't use the word cult following, but kind of like you've got that loyalty program they've got in place. Yep. So the same customers, but I don't see a lot of growth here. I mean, for the last three years, it's been pretty pretty subliminal. Uh, if you look at the market cap, it's a micro cap. It's eighty seven million. Right. And the average daily turnover is like twenty seven thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Worth. So, so it's really thinly uh, traded. As really well. So this is not. This would not be an institutional investment right. for institutions. That's for sure. Yeah. It's yep. just very small retailers. So it's really an avoid as far as I'm concerned. Right. Okay. Um, do you have that view on on retail altogether? Yeah, I do. I think um, looking where also where the Aussie dollar is. I mean, that's going. To, that's high input costs for. Especially if you look at the leading retailers like JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman, we'll look at their update last week, down 9%. And they're doing a massive share buyback, yeah. which spiked the share price. Um, but other than those leaders, you know, in that, in that area, I mean, with, like I said, the Aussie dollar being low, that's going to be more expensive for them and their margins are going to be squeezed. Yeah. Plus, you've got to slow down the consumer spending with higher interest rates. And we've got the RBA meeting. I think there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and this is not a space you want to be in right now. The consumer discretionary. Um, David, are you in? Um, are Ords keen on any retailers? Well, there's a few that we we quite like, um, but they're ones that have been fairly significantly oversold. Um, I guess on the consumer discretionary side, we're a little bit to to the side, if you like, and. and Tend to like a lot of the the car companies. So Eagers is is probably one of our exposures to consumer discretionary. In that that uh, is a sector of the market that's been very very strong and right. um, continues to be strong, and as well as travel. So we're actually seeing uh, a lot of people that our our travel analyst likes to say that uh, there's a lot of people that have been stuck in the last three years, and now their travel is no longer discre- discretionary. So they're probably the areas that we're seeing interest rather than the, the straight retailers. Right, okay. All right, let's get into the uh, stocks that you want us to take a look at. And uh, um, David Novak, Greg wants a view on Alcidian. Uh, Greg says, positive updates, yet the share price is going nowhere. What am I missing? It's a, um, a software company in the uh, in the healthcare space it helps company um, run their administration for healthcare providers. Yeah, yeah, software and informatics, uh, yep. providing innovative technology platform, improving the efficiency of patient care. Um, you look, they have expanded in the UK. Forty nine percent of their operations are there, and the rest here. Um, and they, you know, they're getting ingra- the ground. They're making ground on hospitals, about 400 plus hospitals, across 95 healthcare organisations. And you know, they've got 14.7 million in the bank. But the market cap, again, this is a small company of 129 million. Um, and again, the liquidity is pretty low. It's about 79 thousand dollars average per day. Right. So again, um, I mean, some of these numbers, like the gross margin was up and. But look, operating cash flow, this is the thing for me. Uh, when I look at their cash flow statement, 
yes, they're, they're increasing their, um, you know, uh, uh, presence in the, in the hospitals, in the, particularly in the UK, but it's not showing, reflecting in the bottom line, because also what's going up is staff costs, salaries. Right. That's jumped 27%. So even if you look at the gross profit margin, like this, there's 86% um, gross profit margin, which is pretty good. The salary component and wages, like I said, jumped 27% right. to 29, 30 million. So when you take that out and then other operating expenses, uh, their cash flow negative. Right. So they've never made a profit. Right. So until I start seeing that being translated to the, the bottom line, uh, you know, I would avoid this okay. stock until until I see they start being cash flow positive. Uh, David Blaine? Yeah, I tend to have a fairly similar view and um, I don't necessarily think that the viewer is missing much. It's just that, uh, as David suggested, the, the market cap is so small, so it doesn't have much or any uh, institutional following and any broker coverage. So again, it's not a stock that, that we cover, probably a little bit too micro cap from that point of view. So it's difficult to get a lot of momentum under the share price given what we've seen in small caps over the last couple of years that there's so many small caps that are trading at very good value this is one that isn't getting picked up by the the small cap managers or the brokers so um not necessarily a bad business as such but uh one that yeah isn't necessarily getting the, the interest across the, the market um and i do agree with david's point about the cash flow but one positive I suppose they've got going for them over the next couple of years is that they've actually got a fair bit of unrecognised revenue that's uh, still to be booked. So it means that their their future profitability is uh, is looking better, but they're not quite there yet. Okay. All right. Uh, next stock, um, uh, Jeff wants a view, David Lane on Helia. Um, now, what do you, what is Helia? Um, it's um, um, it seems to be uh, a bit like a credit corp, is it? The um, uh, it buys, buys loan, loan books and yeah, a little bit different. It's the old um, uh, Genworth, so it's it ah, does the, right. the mortgage insurance. Mm, right. Um, so we actually spoke about it uh, yeah a few weeks ago on the call as well. So it's. It's Australia's largest mortgage insurance business, um, and they do get seventy percent of their business from Commonwealth Bank. Uh, so it's a it's a reasonable business, and I guess the you know the concern that that we've got with Helia is that uh, they have lost a couple of the, the major banks over the last couple of years, so they are fairly reliant on on CBA. And they are also reliant on uh, people taking out new loans. And with higher interest rates, we have actually seen the the demand for new loans has declined. Um, but having said that, with higher interest rates, there's a, a bigger need for mortgage insurance when people are taking out those loans. So it's still a, a growing market. Um, the business has been uh, doing a share buyback. They pay out a very good dividend yield. Uh, so they, there's good capital return, but I don't know that there's necessarily a great deal of, of long-term growth out of it. We've got a hold recommendation. I don't think that it's reasonably pl- priced at the moment. 
if you're wanting to get that dividend yield and and getting a uh, a capital return, but I wouldn't expect that you'll see an enormous amount of capital growth out of it. Okay, all right. A hold from Helia and uh, from Ords, uh, David Novak. What's your? Yeah, well, it's very much driven by the sentiment in the housing market, isn't it? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of risk here in terms of. Um, yeah, because they're, they're providing that insurance between the, the 20% that um, mortgage lenders can't come up with. And there's yeah. also the government's providing this, um, you know, low income scheme where they can, and mortgages can put down 5% deposit and the government's guaranteeing the other 15%. Mm. So they've got competition there. But, um, but look, it's very much geared to the housing market and what happens with interest rates and the cent- whole sentiment there. So this is one that I would not, certainly wouldn't be buying up here. Uh, I'd be taking some profits off the off the table, to, right. to tell you the truth. Oh, I think okay. there's a lot of risk uh, going forward, particularly if we get another couple of rate rises. Because um, the share price has done all right, has it? Well, yeah, it's solid. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't had defaults, uh, many defaults right. yet. But you know, if you go back to the 80s, um, yeah. I recall when I was in merchant banking, um, you know, there was a lot of defaults back then when uh, yeah. we had high interest rates. Nothing like it is today, of course. Like it was back then. It was, 21% mortgage rate, but we've got a lot more debt yeah. in the economy today, a lot more. And in fact, the IMF recently came out with a report saying that Australia is the most highly leveraged, expensive um, property market in the world. Yeah. So. Uh, the only good thing, or if you want a positive spin on that, lease values are still going up. Well, uh, no one's in negative equity, and yeah. there seems to be a massive shortage yes. of property, which isn't going to be... Yeah, but Sold that, anytime soon. <laughs> unfortunately, that shortage can become an oversupply if we go into, you know, if things deteriorate, we go into yep. particularly a recession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people lose their job. And, you know, like I said, when I was in merchant banking, you know, I saw what happened when you go into recession, unemployment rises. Yeah. Boy, the defaults just start hitting the banks and right. uh, mortgage lenders. So you don't want to be in this game, yep. the insurance game. So I'm very cautious going forward. I, I would not be optimistic uh, Right. Hold, you know, well, I'd be taking some profits, but I certainly wouldn't be buying up here. At best, it's a hold. Okay. A hold, but you'd, you'd I'd take be taking profits, profits and get out. Yeah, definitely. If, right. If you've bought at lower levels. And there's also a chart pattern. If you look at it on the daily chart, there's what they call a head and shoulders pattern, which is a very bearish pattern. Right. It's 78% accurate that when it breaks below what they call the neckline, which is around $3.40, that's a confirmation. Right. We're not far away from that. I think we're around $3.52 right. or something yep, at the moment. Yep. So that, that to me as well, I've looked at patents for 30 years. You know, yep. I, I would not ignore this one. Okay. So um, that's another reason as well from a chartist yep. point of view. Okay. All right. Uh, good discussion there on Helia. Uh, hold from, uh, from David Lane. Take your profits from David Novak. Um, David Novak... Another David. God, we've, we've got a tsunami of Davids here, haven't we? Uh, David, a viewer, um, wants a view on Amcor. David Novak, the uh, big plastics packaging behemoth. 44,000 employees, um, sort of 15 billion US dollars in turnover um, is in uh, rigid plastic packaging. Um, for healthcare, food, beverage industry, healthcare. Um, what do you reckon of Ancor? I would be a buyer of it right now. I mean, it's. You uh, would be. No, I would not be. Would not. Uh, I'd have it on my watch list. Look, 
Again, they're, they're finding they've got some inflationary pressures and uh, costs they're dealing with as well. Um, you know, that, I mean, it's a great company, but look at that trend. Um, you know, as it looks as, a bit like the Ansel share chart as well. Ancor yeah. and Ansel are meant to be two sort of traditionally defensive stocks, aren't they? Well, you'd think so, yeah, in packaging for sure, you know. Um, but they have had to slow down, and um, you know, which is showing up around the world, you know, in, in their uh, in the packaging and just the companies they're dealing with. Uh, you know, there, there's definitely been a slow a slowing down effect, and that's reflected in the share price here. So they've got some very um, you know challenging macro um, events here that they've been talking about, particularly taking. Um, dealing with price and, and cost. Um, so they've got, but nevertheless, they're expecting, they're saying in the second half of 2024, solid growth in earnings. Right. So they're quite optimistic going forward. Um, look, they're not on a ex- very high expensive multiple. And um, I'm just looking at their numbers here. The cash flow, adjusted free cash flow, fell from you know about 20%. Um, their net debt went up, so, uh, but they're still, you know, within that confidence of their in terms of their debt levels. But just looking at their breakup of um, currency exposure, they've got 45 to 55 percent in the U.S., which is great with the Aussie weaker Aussie dollar, and 20 to 30 percent in, in Europe, and the rest in Asia and Australia. So they've got that sort of currency protection as well. So I'd be looking forward to their next update. But look, it's coming down to a key support level here on the chart, which goes back to about uh, June 2022. Oh. So I'd be looking at it here, but I wouldn't be rushing to buy it right now. I'd r- wait for right. the next update and then um, go from there. But certainly you have this on your watch list and the optimistic comments them they're saying about the, the second half of 2024. Yeah. They're expecting um, a turnaround. So I, I would have this ready on my buy list. But not right now. Ah, oh, okay. Would um, you have? Is Ansel a similar position for you? I haven't looked. I had a close right. look at Ansel, right, but okay. um, again, in this macro, this macro environment, I would just right now not be rushing to, to yeah. buy anything other than what I've been focusing on is gold and the oil energy sector. Okay. All right. Um, David Lane, uh, Ansel. Uh, sorry, Amcor. Amcor. <laughs> uh, yeah, for many of the reasons that David cited, uh, we actually have now put it on our buy list. So we actually mm. upgraded it uh, from an accumulate to a buy last mm. week. Uh, and that's predominantly based on the fact that we have seen the share price come back so much over the, the last 12 months. Uh, as David alluded to, a lot of the, the market concerns have been a, about their short-term um, demand and they have seen softer demand in the short term, but we believe at current prices, the the share price is, is attractively priced uh, and medium and longer term that they'll actually start to see some benefit from investing their free cash flow into emerging markets and, and they are growing uh, fairly strongly in emerging markets. So we see that that's where that longer term growth will come from. Currently, they're priced on a PE of about uh, 14 times, dividend yield 4.6%. So for a as you said, fairly traditional defensive type stock. It's a good quality portfolio stock. So we think at current levels, it's mm. it's worthwhile buying. Uh, fair value is actually at seventeen fifty. So we think mm. there's uh, quite a bit of upside um, over the the medium and longer term. Wow. 
1750, that's at what, from ni around nine at the moment? What is uh, no, 13. Right. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's still, still reasonable upside from where they're, they're currently at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on to our fourth stock. Um, David Lane, Pete wants a view on Cobram Estate Olives. The, um, as the name suggests, the uh, uh, big olive uh, grower, um, olive oil, the Cobram Estate olive oil, which uh, yes. um, sells in Australian supermarkets, but also they've opened up the US as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's one of the stocks that we like, and, and we've also got a, a buy recommendation on it. Um, our target price is $1.61, so I think that there's reasonable upside in it uh, you know, current prices. Um, the Cobram brand, as you said, in Australia uh, is a very, very strong brand. They account for about 40% of the the um, sales in Australia in olive oil um, and their expansion into the US is, is going fairly well. So we think that uh, that will continue to provide uh, good dividends for the business over the, the medium and longer term. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting business that we, we quite like at current levels. And as you see by that five-year chart, it's it's down quite a bit. So yeah. uh, looking reasonably attractive at, at current mm. prices. As as all the agricultural stocks seem to be be down at the moment, aren't they? Yes, so, uh, yeah. And and their last result was impacted by uh, by weather, as agricultural stocks do often, um, yeah, they are often impacted by that. But we see that going forward, uh, the conditions are, are better for them and that they've actually got quite a lot of um, existing stock that's been, um, well, not necessarily fermenting, but but been sitting there and, and ready to hit the market uh, over the next couple of years. Okay. Uh, David Novak? Yeah, look, they had a pretty good um, uh, update in terms of their... Um, their growth in, in, in um, their earnings was up uh, 29% for financial year ended 2023. My problem, I would not be a buyer of the stock. Um, I'm based on valuation. I think right. the growth is the US market, which yep. is a small portion of their earnings right now, but they did have a good earnings growth here, sales revenue. Um, but the, the bottom line is the after tax profit is 7.7 .7 million on a market cap of 550 million. Right. Is a bit rich for me. Yeah. You know? yep. So, I mean, that's a turnaround from a loss uh, last year of 700,000. Um, great brand, great product. Um, and, and they are looking at certainly, like um, David was alluded to, the US market to expand the uh, exports there. And I think that's where the growth will come. Right. But right now, based <coughs> on their valuation, I, I, I just, I wouldn't be a buyer of this right now. I, I think there's better value elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the product. Um, they've got a, like I said, a strong market segment here in Australia, yep. New Zealand, but um, just on valuation, it's too pricey for me. Um, ag stocks in general, are you? Uh... Elders would probably be the one I'd, I'd be picking. Everyone's, um, so many people love elders, but it just hasn't moved, has no, it? No, no, it's- uh... About nine months. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been decimated. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just talking about, I followed the charts, technically right. speaking, it looks like it's starting to get some buying support. Oh, elders here. is. Elders, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying rush out and be a screaming buy right. right now. 
because uh, it hasn't confirmed, as far as I'm concerned, a change of trend just yet. Right. But it's looking promising that it could start to move up from here. But if I was going to pick a you know, stock in the agri sector, that would be the one. Elders, right. I think. Okay. All right. Um, our next stock, uh, Bonnie wants a view, David Novak, on Trajan. It's in the life science industry uh, through Malaysia, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, sort of a lot of country, majority of revenue um, at a precision consumable components and solutions for looks like the medical industry. Yeah, it's, um, this is an interesting one. They've got a diverse number of products that they provide to them, as you said, to the medical industry um, supplies. Um, you know, they're, they're also uh, specialising in precision medical instruments and products, holding a notable presence in a niche yet diversified market. And, and they're also international. The thing about what's interesting, I haven't looked at this um, this business before. This company is that um, it's got a market cap of about two hundred million, but fifty percent of the shares are controlled by the CEO, the founder. Oh, so uh, it's very illiquid. Uh, there's only about fifty thousand dollars worth of shares traded on average per day. So again, from that point of view, uh, you know that it's, you don't want to be caught in a, what, as you know, the lobster pot, right. as we call it. Yep. Um, but look down here, it's got some, there is some compelling value, but I would be waiting uh, to see their next set of results. But look, they're in an interesting um, sector, like the healthcare sector. Yep. They are expanding internationally. They've got 650 employees as well. So um, they've had some good revenue growth here of 14.5%. Uh, their gearing ratio is 29%, and they've got a um, gross margin of 43%. Um, but uh, again, you know the debt's not that high, and that's well and cert- well and truly covered um, by their. But their progressive growth. I was just looking here. Their organic growth, I should say, from um, you know a couple of years ago went from uh, 76 million revenue to 162. Hmm. So that's quite impressive um, and uh, consistent. Right. So I, I like this one. I wouldn't be rushing out to buy it now. But if you were going to buy it, you certainly wouldn't buy many because it's mostly going to be for right. retail investors. And you'd have to be aware of, like I said, the liquidity issue there right now. I, I mean, look, at some point, the, the CEO may sell down some of his share. Or prov- they need to provide more liquidity right. in the stock, as far as I'm concerned. But um, I do like the growth outlook of this company. Should it's, I put it on your watch list, like, right. like with Amcor? Yeah, put it okay. on your watch list. All right. Yeah. Uh, David Lane? Yeah, we, uh, we like it. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, we were involved in the, the floating of the stock when they, ah. they came onto market, uh, so I sort of followed it for, for quite some time. And uh, as David suggested, their, their earnings growth has been solid. Uh, they've got a very strong balance sheet and they've actually been investing in a lot of disruptive technology, uh, the micro sampling, which is an area that the, the company believes will have a, a big impact on on their earnings growth over the next few years. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting business. They're, they're in the right space. Um, as you said, it's a it's a global business. So uh, there's a lot of potential upside there, but it is speculative, as, as David said. So if you're going to have a an investment in it, it would only be a relatively small proportion. Um, but we've got a target price of 235 on it, mm. uh, and they're currently trading at $1.25. So wow. obviously the analysts sees a, a lot of potential upside yeah. in the business. What about this uh, liquidity issue that David Novak was talking about um, and, yeah. and and so much held by the chief executive? Mm. 
Look, it, it, it can be a, a negative. Um, in On the other side, it can be a positive because you've got someone with skin in the game, someone with uh, an interest in uh, driving the share price higher. Uh, and liquidity can go both ways. It means that it's difficult to sell if you need to sell. But if there are some positive announcements and, and um, the, the market gets behind it, the share price can actually rally fairly strongly because there aren't too many sellers there. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly something that you need to take into account when you're looking at stocks. Um, Trajan does have a bit of institutional interest. So Australian Super is also one of the, the major shareholders in it. And there are some other institutions on the on the register as well. So it's uh, although it's a small cap, it does have some uh, insto interest also. Right. Okay. All right. So that's um, an interesting company to uh, mm. thank you for that for, for bringing it up. Uh, love it when uh, uh, when you all suggest stocks that uh, our panel um, hasn't been following before and get a bit of a surprise when they when they analyse it. Um, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks. Stock of the day: Adore uh, Beauty and No from both David Lane and David Novak. Uh, Alcidian a no from both the Davids as well. Um, Helia a hold from both of them, but David Novak would be taking profits at these levels. It's had a really good run up. He believes this is as good as it's going to get. Um, and its chart is starting to show a bit of weakness. Uh, Amcor a buy from David Lane. Uh, David Novak um, has it on his watch list, not quite yet. Um, he thinks with Amcor, but a good company um, and it's starting to look interesting at these levels. Uh, Cobram Estate, the, um, the olive oil and olive uh, producer, um, a buy from David Lane, a no from David Novak in that whole um, uh, agricultural sector. Um, he prefers elders, again, the chart showing that Maybe there's a bit of interest coming back to, to elders for a while. It's, uh, at this stage, for a while, it's been decimated and, and really going nowhere. But uh, again, a good, uh, diverse agricultural stock that the chart is, uh, is showing some, some promising signs. Uh, and Trajan, uh, a buy from David Lane at Ords. Uh, they're involved in the float of it. Um, David Novak, interesting business. Uh, has it on his watch list. Good revenue growth, bit illiquid, and about 50% of the stock is held by the founder. All right, here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting is live on the platform osbiz.com right now. Um, and uh, going into uh, October, uh, the waiting um, um, Washington, um, they increased the, the stake in Solpats and Altium. Um, and also profits were taken out of Caroon, Prometicus and Paladin and put into Camplify. And the fund is up 1.6% uh, at the moment, um, really being hurt by a big stake in CSL, which is uh, dragging the performance down. In this half hour, we'll be taking a look at uh, the Waypoint Real Estate Investment Trust, Waypoint REIT, uh, Ventia Services, Seek 
Domain and Striker. All right, Waypoint. Philip wants a view, uh, David Lane, on the, the Waypoint REIT. It basically is a portfolio of service stations, isn't it? The Viva Energy service stations, uh, the, right. old, the old Shell Group and, and Liberty service stations. Yes, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, yeah, has, importantly, it has triple net leases. So uh, that means that when there is a potential issue at one of the the service stations that uh, it's actually Viva Energy, not the Waypoint um, Real Estate Investment Trust that has to pay for the the uh, the site cleanup, etc. So it's mm. it, it's very well structured as far as a, a REIT is concerned. Um, has a decent yield, six point four percent, and is trading at a discount to its NTA. But I would caution that a little bit because yeah, we most did star, see right, that they are, yes, that's right. Um, and we did see that their NTA dropped by about 1.7% at their last result. Um, but the management have flagged that their their uh, weighted average uh, or their, their cap rate, uh, which is the interest rate that they value properties at, um, is likely to continue to rise. So currently it's about 5.4%, likely to rise to about 6%. So you are likely to see some revaluation there uh, on the downside. Um, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it. I think it's a reasonably priced at current levels. The other interesting thing about Waypoint at the moment is that Viva Energy are currently going through uh, the takeover of um, a large South Australian service station uh, company on the run, on the run. or OTR. Yep. So that's got to go through ACCC. If that goes through ACCC and, and goes ahead, then that will be more assets for, for Waypoint. Um, so, you know, it's a positive as far as their long-term growth, but it will mean that the business will be Investing a lot more capital into those service stations and and bringing them up to up to their quality, if you like. Yep. Um, so reasonable business at, at current levels. Um, you're going to get a decent yield out of it, and they're they're relatively well priced at, at current prices. Okay. All right. Yes. On the run, a South Australian institution owned by the Shahin family. So um, yes, very prominent South Australians. Uh, David Novak, what do you think of Waypoint? Yeah, I actually like Five it. Five low. Mm. I like it down here, actually. it's I've got a higher yield than what David's got there. I'm, I'm seeing 7.7% unfranked. Oh, okay. So that's pretty good. Um, and also what I like about it is that they've hedged their debt for a couple of years. The, the, the interest uh, rate, I should say, they've got that hedge for until 2023-24, and they don't have any um, debt repayment until... 2025. Oh, okay. Um, but it's solid as this is, you know, got 99.9% occupancy, 402 properties worth 2.9 billion, yep. a net uh, asset backing of last reported $2.97. So it's trading at quite a significant discount. Yep. But I, I, I think this is looks pretty good down here from a yield point of view and plus stability for the next couple of years. Right. Uh, I mean, they can increase their costs with, you know, they've got that. Um, option of course with inflation to increase to to me this is defensive you know they've got the service yep. stations met, metropolitan mostly new south wales victoria some regional the regional centers are not the ones that are performing that well but certainly the metropolitan centers are but it's a very defensive um, stock and i'm surprised how far this has um, fallen i think it's quite a good yeah. uh, a place to accumulate so, okay so you've got an accumulate as well 
has it yeah. been caught up in this like this whole REIT yeah, sort of frenzy? Yeah. Um, per, and you can understand with commercial property REITs mm. uh, and to a certain extent the retail REITs as well yeah. with the economy slowing, but you get the specialist ones like this, um, uh, the store, the national storage REIT. Mm. Mm. They are quite different beasts, aren't Abs- they? Absolutely. But are being all lumped in this one sector. Yeah, and look, they've got 31% gearing debt to, uh, to total assets, which is within their band of 30 yeah. to 40%. Which if, isn't bad for no, a read. No, exactly. So if I was them, if they could sell down some properties and reduce their debt to below 25%, um, you know, you could see a bit of a rebound here. Again, depending on what interest rates and inflation do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think people, the, you know, obviously the sell-off here, like all REITs, is concerned about the, um, the trend of interest rates and inflation. Yeah. But and again, it's very defensive with okay. the, the, you know, I, I quite like it down here. So all right. I'd give okay, it a, accumulate. Accumulate. All right. Next stock, uh, Anthony wants a view, David Novak, on Ventia Services, the infrastructure maintenance group in Australia and New Zealand. Um, uh, basically, they're a contract labour mm. business, aren't they, for mm. infrastructure? 35,000 yeah. people on their books. Yeah, uh, they've had some, um, yeah, exactly. They've, they've, um, they've got quite a diversity here in terms of providing infrastructure services. But lately, there's been a reduction in shareholding by Simic and oh, yeah. Apollo, which is a Singapore group, have been selling down some of their shareholding. Simic uh, now holds 7.35% in Apollo are now holding 4.3%. Uh, so for whatever reason, they've sold it. But their revenue was up 11% um, on the first half. And um, earnings before interest tax depreciation depreciation up 10.7. So it's pretty good. Um, and they've got work in hand of 17 billion as well. So they're t- talking net profit growth to the end of the year, around 7 to 10%. So this is, um, look, I, w- I wouldn't be rushing to buy it up here. Again, just looking at the valuation, um, I would, it'd be at best a hold. But um, look, it's got a good yield, a 6% unfranked. Um, Simic would be a customer of Ventia, wouldn't they? I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. So why would they be selling down? Is that is that a warning sign when... I don't know. That's a, that's a good question to ask Simic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they see, the company sees significant future opportunity across all the sectors like defence, because mm. they've got defence, social infrastructure, housing, telecommunications, infrastructure. Again, you could look at this as a defensive sector yep. as well, another one that I think uh, looks pretty good. Um, definitely a hold, I wouldn't be selling it up here, um, but it does look good on their cash flow. Uh, they've had an increase, their cash flow statement looks pretty good actually. So. Just at the moment, the, the stock's consolidating. It's not um, strong buy from a growth perspective, but if right. you're looking for a steady defensive income, uh, this one's pretty good. Okay. I, yeah. All right. So I, I, I quite like it from from an income point of view. Right. Okay. So you'd buy it for income, yep. hold it for growth. Yeah. Um, David Lane? Yeah, we also like it. We've, we've got a buy recommendation on it. Um, it's, it's a Good quality business. They've got really good contracts. Um, so their average uh, contract expiry is, is five years. Uh, and they've got embedded inflation um, 
control within those contracts so they are actually able to to pass the the costs of higher labour and, and higher uh, expenses on to their customers. So that's one of the, the reasons that we, we like the business. Um, they do have uh, a very good blue chip quality um, customer base, both private and also public. They do a lot of work for uh, the government. Um, they've just started the, the new um, Sydney Harbour Tunnel project as, as well as a um, Auckland uh, Transport West. So. They're doing a lot of good government contracts as well. Uh, so yeah, we we like it. Think that at current levels, it's it's good value. Um, you know, PE of twelve times is is reasonably attractive and a decent dividend yield, six and a half percent. So yeah, we've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Okay, all right. Um, our next stock, uh, Marissa wants a view. David Lane on Seek, the uh, the big employment platform. Yes, the the biggest employment platform, and it's almost become um, ubiquitous when you when you talk about job ads in Australia. Mm. Um, but we've actually got, got a, uh, a a hold recommendation on Seek. We um, we have actually moved that back to a hold from a, a lighten because we thought that it was overvalued. We've seen the share price come back a little bit recently. Um, so current current pricing there still reasonable value but our target price is actually $19 so a little bit below where they uh, where they're currently trading so we think that yeah they've been they're trading on a P ratio of about 40 times 42 times uh, so seek and and domain and many of the others that, that will we'll talk about domain in a second but many of those stocks have probably been priced for growth but what we've seen in as far as seeks case is concerned is that although we've got very low unemployment, we have actually seen a decline in the number of new job ads that have been coming through. So starting to see a little bit of a softening of their their business going forward. Yeah. Um, uh, If there's a softening in the labour market, and so if you look at the Reserve Bank's forecast, I I think they're expecting unemployment to get to, what, four and a quarter percent in the next year or two. Um, is, Is that good for a platform like Seek? Uh, no, because you, you're seeing less ads that are, are coming onto the platform. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't be a, a good scenario for Seek, and that's uh, yeah part of the concern that we have with them in the in the short term. Um, you know, we are quite cautious about the the economic environment, and technically, if you've got higher inflation and higher interest rates, you should be getting a higher mm. unemployment. That hasn't been happening yet, but uh, yes, as you say, if we do start to see an unemployment rate with 4% or above, um, that means that there's less jobs in the system, so less ads around. They also have this Seek Ventures as part of it as well. Does that, is that a, um, a plus for the stock or does that muddy the waters on trying to work out what it does? Uh, it, it does muddy it a little bit, but, um, you know, that's been seen as part of the the growth driver of the business. I mean, Seek initially came out of, um, you know, we used to have job ads in the paper and we all thought yeah. that that would never change. But, you know, Seek changed that uh, in Australia and they've actually started to change that around the world. So some of their growth does come from their overseas markets. And like all technology businesses, they do need to keep reinventing themselves, if you like, and, and looking for new technology. So it's you know part of the reason that you invest in a stock like this 
but it does mean that it's a high capital yeah. cost for them. Yeah. David Novak, what do you think of SEC? They had the, the, that issue in China, didn't they? Uh, yeah. A couple of years ago, they just seemed to have cleaned that up and yeah. moved on. Yeah, look, I, I'm a sell on this. Um, I, I just, I don't like the 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 revenue, the numbers here, they're, they're slowing down in terms of growth. Um, the earnings multiple look very expensive to me, you know, a $7 billion market cap and 255 million yep. net profit after tax seems a bit rich. And So it's almost a 12 month low in terms of the share price. Yeah, well, I, I think it's going down further. Right. <laughs> That's what the chart's showing as well. Right. So it's really negative sentiment here. Um, this would not be a buy at all or a hold. Uh, I would be uh, exiting this. Um, just don't like the outlook of, you know, the, the jobs outlook looks pretty weak. Yeah. So jobs listing uh, will obviously has a direct impact. Um, yeah, I, I don't see anything. Their costs are up by six and a half percent. Although the re- Asia revenue was up seventeen percent, so there's yep. a growth area. But that's not where the majority of their income is from. It's it's Australia, New Zealand. Yep. But I just um, on their multiples looks really expensive. I'd look at it at much lower levels. But again, right. caution with the global uh, economic uh, environment right now right. and jobs growth. I'd just be very cautious. So, so when you look at the chart on the chart. What are what are the indications coming out, out of that? What does the the chart tell you? Sell right. I mean, Why is just, that? Because it, of volumes or yeah, yeah. It's, the it's, it's the pattern. I mean, if you're looking at you know, there's three ways. Of course, a trend can go. It can go up, down, or sideways. Yeah. Okay. Seek has been going sideways for the past year. It's been between twenty five and twenty dollars. Yeah. And it's actually hitting this key support level. But if you go back to you know when it was at the 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 end of uh, 21, the stock was 35 dollars. Right. Okay. And it, then it trended down for that uh, for that six to eight nine month period down to 20 dollars from 35. Right. Okay. Then it bounced back up to 25, and it's been going three times. It's hit that 25 dollar level exactly, which is a selling level, and now it's coming down to this what support level we call it. At yeah. twenty dollars, and this is a critical level. If it doesn't hold this twenty dollar level, uh, it can go down further. And you know, quite frankly, it just it's not appealing at all uh, right. from a dividend perspective. The the growth, the numbers aren't there in terms of their growth outlook. Other than Asia, looks more promising, but I just don't see any attraction okay. to holding this. Uh, so th- this time last year, it hit these levels, as you oh, can see by. By, by the charts back in November, December, yeah. and then bounce back up. Um, That's a great... Well, it, is, it is a critical time, as you say. Well, look, look at that. It's like, you know, perfect uh, from a technician point. Of, that's a great level to, to sell right. at that point. And down here, again, from a trading perspective only, you know, you, traders might take a punt that it's going to go back up again. Right. I personally wouldn't. I think it looks too weak for my liking, but it may. But I, you know, that it's a great trading stock sideways here. It's been going yeah. like this for the last nine months. It's right. been perfect okay. All from, right. a, from a Critical trading time. point of view, but not from an investment op- uh, opportunity, right. that's for sure. sure. Okay. All right. Our uh, next stock, uh, eight stock for today, Tilly wants to view David Novak on domain. Um, this is the big real estate, obvious platform um, and real estate advertising. Uh, Seekers for employment, domain for for real estate, second biggest in the market behind the market leader, REA. 
What do you yeah. think of domain? Uh, it's a sell. <laughs> sell <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's right. terrible. Uh, the numbers here look awful. I mean, they're slowed. It's obviously geared to the housing market yet again. But you know, um, its main competitor, of course, is realestate.com. Yeah. But uh, look, the numbers here. Um, I got to say, looking at their cash flow statement, looks terrible. Um, you know, it's got. Um, a negative cash flow uh, from activities after paying well actually 52 million negative um, they did invest in some business ventures but I look it just from a charting perspective this this is also definitely not a buy but it's um, I don't know why it's trading on such a high multiple here like 52 times when I'm looking at the average return on equity is like single digit of around five or six times right that's really poor yeah. Uh, there's been no growth. I mean, the best growth period they had was back in um, you know late twenty mid and twenty one during yeah twenty twenty one. We saw it there get to about six bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Um, exactly. They had some good growth numbers there, but it's fallen off a cliff here, and right. um, I I just see it going much lower. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back and certainly test the lows back in twenty one, but even go even lower back to. 2019. Wow, back so, to $1.90. Yeah, um, they've, you know, they've got a, a their debt facility as well in place that doesn't expire till 2026 by the looks of it. So they've got a bit of time there. But I just don't see the growth in this business. I, 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 I'm bewildered as to why anybody would be okay. holding or buying these shares. All right. Maybe David's got a different outlook. Yes, yeah. David Lane, what's your view on domain? Not a dramatically different outlook, I've got to say. Um, we have actually just changed our recommendation in the last couple of weeks to a lighten. We did have a sell on it. So we had a sell on it when it was around the $4 mark. Given the share price has come back a little bit, we've reduced that to a lighten. Um, lighten technically means to, um, to take profits on it. Um, but obviously, if you listened to us previously, you would have sold out on it anyway. Um, so, yeah, I... Probably more from a fundamental point of view than the than the charting perspective, but uh, yeah, again, see it being fairly expensive. Um, it's the second in the market, as you said, to to REA. But then, having said that, we've also got a, a light and recommendation on on REA Group at the moment. So I think the problem is with a lot of these stocks; they were priced as high growth stocks a couple of years ago. And we haven't necessarily seen the share price adjust enough. And I think we're probably in that adjustment period at the moment. Right. Okay. Um, so a lighten on domain. Our final um, stock, David Lane. Uh, Jarek wants a view on Straker, a New Zealand company, Auckland-based company, uh, which is in cloud-enabled translation services. Yeah. AI. AI. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah an interesting stock. Um, we've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Um, obviously, from the share price, it hasn't been a part of the AI trade that a lot of the, the stocks in the US have, the Magnificent Seven. But uh, yeah, Straker does actually provide um, translation services. Historically, they've used people to do that. Now they have been moving more and more towards AI. The other interesting thing that they've been developing recently is integrating uh, what they call the language cloud into Slack and Microsoft Teams. So um, they're two programs that are, are very, very dominant globally. So you know, that will provide 
a lot of upside for the company uh, and has the potential to, you know, to really change, um, you know, change the trajectory of the company. So they're currently trading at 48 cents. We've got a target price of a dollar and five on it. Um, mm. Again, it is speculative. It's it's not profitable at this point in time. But assuming you know this technology starts to take off, it mm. could well be profitable over the, the near term. Okay. Uh, spec buy on Stragat, founded David Novak in 1999 mm. by a bloke called Grant Straker. Yeah, look, they've only had, from according to my records here, just in the last five years, they've only had one period, half year period, where they made any money. Right. Um, in fact, that was this recent period, and, and every time, every time after that, they haven't made anything, any profit. But look, this is a micro cap. It's only 33 million market cap, right. and the liquidity is shocking. It's it's like less than two thousand dollars. Right. Average um, turnover per day. Um, it's and they're talking about a share buyback. I mean, that takes out more takes out more liquidity from yep. the market. Um, yep. Obviously, they, they want to stop the share price slide. Right. But uh, look, I, I like the product. That the the outlook looks sounds promising. Uh, it's not a, definitely not a buy. The liquidity is a big issue. Right. Uh, I, you know, I mean, it can be a plus, as David was saying before. That if they come up with something good, it can jump very quickly on low volume. Wouldn't take much, right? Um, but look, I just looking at the numbers here. Okay, the good thing is they don't have any debt. They've got twelve million in the bank. Yeah. Um, but they seem to be pretty positive about their product going forward okay. and development. But just yeah, I not for you, not for me. Okay, yeah. too small. All right, let's uh, recap the five five stocks. Uh, Waypoint and Accumulate from both both the Davids. Uh, Ventia, uh, a buy from David Lane, a buy for income from David Novak, um, otherwise a hold. Uh, seek, a hold from David Lane, a sell from David Novak, uh, Domain, a sell from David Novak, and a lighten from David Lane, and Straker, a spec buy from David Lane from Ords, and a no from David Novak. Uh, David Lane from Ords in Brisbane, good to see you, mate. Thank you kindly. My have pleasure. Thank enjoy you. Enjoy the rest of the week. David Novak from Wealthwise Ed- Education. Always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks, David. And our Small Caps Big Ideas is back for 2023 and will be bigger, better and faster. If you weren't a subscriber in previous years, we bring together 10 of Australia's leading small cap fund managers to each present one high conviction idea. And this year we're throwing in a fast and furious special edition of The Call featuring microcaps chosen by you. Now, uh, register to watch live or on demand at osbiz.co slash smallcaps23. That's osbiz.co slash smallcaps23. Uh, now, if you've got any stocks that you'd like us to cover here on the call, you can um, put them on, on Twitter using the at TV handle or go to osbiz.co slash callpigs. And um, always encourage you to put questions or comments against any of the stocks that you're interested in. That gives us something to think about here on the panel as well. That's it for the call tomorrow. See you same time or for today. See you same time tomorrow from midday Eastern Daylight Time. Stick around. The Pulse is next on Ausbiz. 